Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country who are drooling over turkey legs and pumpkin pie and green bean casserole and oyster dressing and all that good stuff. It is just about time to feast. Welcome to Datitude episode number 27 for a Wednesday, November the 24th, 2021. I am Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the Advocate Times Picune at bet.nola.com. In about seven or eight minutes, we will have on Mike Detillier of WWL Radio. We had a long conversation. In fact, it was so long that I'm cutting it up. Um, we're going to have, I wasn't going to have a show on Monday, but we're going to have a show now Monday. Um, we spent probably two hours talking this morning, which is why this podcast is coming on so late today. Um, and, uh, we spent so long talking that we had about probably 45 minutes or so of our conversation was on some things about stuff in Saints history and his relationship with Coach O and stuff. So some stuff that's really not pertinent to tomorrow's Saints-Bills game and the LSU coaching search. So I'm going to cut that up, and I'm going to run that on Monday by itself. We will have a show on Monday now, just that. Um no need on Monday to rehash what happens tomorrow night. Um, and rather, next Wednesday, obviously, we can preview Saints-Cowboys. So I wasn't going to have a show Monday. I'm, t- I'm pretty much taking the day off. I'm going to try to have an extended weekend. So we will run about half of uh, the segment with Mike Detelier coming up on Monday, and that will be a great filler, sort of a best of, I guess, right? You know, we're too early in our our history or whatever to – to have a best of. So that'll be our version of a best of. That'll be coming up on episode number 29 on mon- next Monday. Looking forward to that. But we got a Thanksgiving weekend, right? A whole plethora of football smorgasbord, if you will. And so we have Mike Detelier coming on just a few minutes, and then we'll wrap up the show. We have a shortened segment with Conductor Dave. We did our NFL picks on Wednesday this week since there are three games tomorrow. We are picking two of them on our picks, and then um, we'll talk about the weekend ahead. So uh, give Conductor Dave a weekend off as well. So that's coming up after the segment with Mike Detillier. Um, but first, you know, look, it, here, here it is. I, and I don't want to give too big of a spoiler alert because I'm going to get into it with Conductor Dave. But uh, Saints Bills, I mean, how can you think that things are going to change all that much? And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm not full of turkey and whatever else and, and tryptophan and half sleeping when the Saints finally play at 720 tomorrow night on NBC. And the Dome's going to be fired up. Drew Brees is going to be in the house. They're going to honor him at halftime. But who's going to play for the Saints team? We know it's going to be Trevor Simeon under center. And how can you have any faith in this team with Trevor Simeon under center? I can't. Now, Mike Dettelier is a little bit more positive than I am. Um, not a whole lot, but, I mean, the, the guy's a third-string quarterback. I mean, I've gone into it. I'm not going to pound it into the pavement. 
But until we see our $95 million man, Taysom Hill, and I know that's exaggerating because he's not going to make $95 million in that contract with all the, it's, it's incentive laden. So it's really a $40 million contract, but still. You're spending that kind of money on a backup quarterback who can do, who just Swiss Army knife. There is no other player like Taysom Hill in the league, really. But I'm, I've seen enough. And, and I don't know what else to say. Haven't you? I mean, I even had Conductor Dave relent and tell him, I mean, he was, he was getting on me because I was getting on Trevor Simeon after the Falcons game. I don't need to see any more. And now I've seen two more games of it. It's the same thing. They keep burying themselves a hole. What's going to happen against the Buffalo Bills? You couldn't stop Jalen Hurts. You're going to stop Josh Allen? So I, can th- I, I think you can see where my pick is going to lie when we get to that segment at the end of the show today. I just It's not a good matchup. And what's worse is, although the Bills have been reeling a little bit, they've lost two of three. They're in a dogfight now in the AFC East with the Patriots, who now have a half-game lead over them. The Patriots get the Titans this week. So the Bills know that if they can beat the Saints on Thanksgiving night, if the Titans can upset the Bills, which is a – I don't get that line at all. It's Last I looked, it was seven. I think it might have dropped down a tick. But I don't understand that line at all. It was two and a half – eight days ago. I think the Titans are going to win straight up. But the Bills know that if they win this game, there's a good chance that, or at least a decent chance, that they're back on top in the, in the division. And let's face it, the, Bill, the Bills, the way they played this year, as a wild card, I don't like their chances. I mean, as, as the division winner, and you get a bye, well, they won't get a bye either. But, I mean, to be at home, to play in Orchard Park is a major difference. They need to be playing at home in the playoffs as much as they can and use that weather to their advantage. So we'll see. But uh, the Bills seem to me a lot more motivated. Now, as I record this on Wednesday, uh, we're into the afternoon now, early afternoon. We don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play, and we don't know if Mark Ingram is going to play. We don't know if Teron Armstead is going to play. We don't know if Ryan Ramchuk is going to play. There's a lot of things we don't know. So you have to think if we don't know if we know Adam Troutman's not going to play. And so you're talking about four key players, two bookends on the offensive line, your number one playmaker and Alvin Kamara who's missed two games now, and Mark Ingram who ran the ball. He probably touched it too many times. I mean, the old guy can only, you know, it's the old I'm as good once as I ever was kind of thing. Well, once is fine. Twice, probably too much. Three times, I don't know. So are they going to save some bullets for the Cowboys next Thursday night? I don't don't know. They're not at a point yet where where the Saints must win to get in the playoffs, even though they're clinging to the seventh seed as we speak. We still got seven games left. And after Dallas, the schedule does get somewhat easier. But you still got to play Tampa Bay again. You still got to play Carolina, who you lost to. You still got to play Atlanta, who you lost to. Is it going to be better next time? Who knows? Not with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. 
So I'm not going to go as far to call this. I mean, you're not winning the division now. You can just forget that. Even if the Saints won out, I don't know if they'd win the division at this point. Probably. But they're not going to win out. And so I think you give yourself a better chance. I actually think you match up a little better with Dallas, who's banged up. Dallas is going to this game probably without CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Will they be ready next week? I don't know. And even Zeke's banged up. So I almost think if if you if you're not sure about Kamara and you're not sure about Ingram, you give them another week's worth of rest. And I think there's a good chance, at least Kamara, I think there's a good chance he doesn't play. And again, I don't know the answer to that as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. We'll have to see. Well, let's get into the interview with uh, the the recording with Mike Detelier. Again, you might find a piece of this in the middle that seems kind of like it was kind of chopped and it was a uh, little not exactly the greatest, smoothest transition. It's because, again, I'm cutting out a middle, big middle chunk of this interview, and I'm going to run it on Monday. So we will have that for you Monday. And um, we uh, we will have on Friday, I don't know who my main guest is going to be just yet. I'm hoping it's going to be Jeff Duncan on Friday to review the Saints-Bills game. And then Uncle Big Nick, we had a very short segment. We actually recorded that this morning as well. Um, Uncle Big Nick's going on vacation, so we recorded a short segment. He did great again last week. So he's been lighting it up. If you've been following his picks, you're making some money, especially his parlay. He's hit his parlay two weeks in a row, and that's how you make money uh, in this game. And he's got some great reasoning for his picks this week, and I actually love his picks this week. So we'll see how he does. He's, he's getting close to me. I had a huge lead. He's definitely narrowed that gap. We'll see what he can do on Friday. But let's get to the, the talk with Mike Dettelier. Talk a little bit about where the Saints are right now. That's how we started out. And then we go into Saints-Bills preview and wrap it up with the LSU coaching search and who he thinks is 1A on the list of potential candidates. Welcoming back into the Datitude podcast, Mike Dettelier of WWL Radio and Mike, since we last spoke, the uh, the Saints, you know, the last time we spoke, the Saints uh, had lost just two games. They were about to go beat up on Tampa Bay, and that was Halloween, and they haven't won since. What's going on? Well, injuries have caught up with you, and I think, you know, eventually um, the weak points of your team are, are showing up. You know, you got no outside weapons. Other than Deontay Harris, you know, you, you're really struggling on, on that part of the field. And right. so you see it, and you're playing with a backup quarterback. You know, you don't have a couple of your top offensive linemen, especially at the tackle positions. And um, <clears throat> last week you got beat up. Uh, you didn't get beat. You got beat up. A team that had not given up 100 yards rushing other than one time this year to a team, and that was to Washington, and you ended up winning that game. I mean, you gave up 242 yards rushing. You ain't winning that. Three turnovers, and all this is starting to accumulate now uh, without weapons, uh, at wide receiver, injuries, uh, however you want to cut it. Uh, you know, Bobby and I, we go through this all the time about next man up, and I always tell him it depends on who the next man is. Right. Because – 
you know, you, that, that's great to tell fans and media, and they repeat it over and over. But we all, there is a reality to the fact that the next man isn't nearly as good as the guy he's replacing. Uh, but you can't get some people to believe that. Oh, that's what the coach says. Man, listen, uh, I hate to break it to y'all, but uh, I got coaches in my family. They lie. You know, <laughs> they don't tell you the truth sometimes. You know, so, uh, and I got good friends that are coaches too. So, uh, you know, they, they stretch the truth, I guess, maybe the best way to put it. So right now you're in free fall in a difficult part of the schedule because it's a short week. You play in Buffalo and then, you know, next Thursday you play the Cowboys and, you know, those are two of the better teams in the NFL. The strange thing about this season is there is no elite team in the NFL. All these teams have some flaws. Uh, and normally we see one team, possibly two, kind of break away from the pack. They're, they're all those bottom feeder type teams like they do every year, but they're very few. Certainly like uh, Detroit or Houston or Jacksonville, maybe even the Jets. But there's a high middle and a low middle. And I think the NFL loves that because now I'm keeping you in the playoff race until the end, so that's to right. speak. And that, that's what they've wanted throughout it. You know, they call it parody. However you want to put it, it might not be the right term, but uh, you can see where uh, the NFL now um, is that from any given Sunday you can end up with a victory. You think about Tennessee, who was a hot team. You know, they play Houston, and they get beat. You, know, you saw Jacksonville uh, beat Buffalo 9-6 to six in a right. baseball score. Uh, so, Washington again, beats the NFL Tampa Bay. With the yeah, and so you, you, you got what basically the NFL, I think, has always wanted, and, and that is a league – with not a lot of highs, not a lot of lows, and a lot of in-betweens. You lead into kind of, you know, last week, going into last week, my handicap said that the Eagles would win the football game. and But I, but I went against it with my picks. And the reason why is because when it comes to crunch time and with backs firmly against the wall, you talk about next man up to me. Sometimes it doesn't matter next man up when you got a guy like Sean Payton coaching the team. You just figure he's going to find a way. And that's what, I, that's what I came down to last week and why I changed my pick and why I went with the Saints is because I just thought they were going to find – I thought Sean Payton was going to find a way. And maybe we're at the point now where he just can't find a way with all the injuries that they have. Now you're missing Troutman. We don't know if Mark Ingram or Kamara is going to play this week. You're in such a hole. I mean, I don't know that Sean Payton can find a way out of this. At this point, it's difficult, especially in a short week, uh, to regroup. And, again, this game is one in the trenches. No matter how you want to cut it a lot of different ways, when you're missing your starting tackles, um, however you want to feel about Andrews Pete, he's certainly better than what you're playing uh, at this stage. It, it's difficult. The surprising part was defensively because they had played so well against the run and to see how woeful they were. And this is back-to-back years. You gave up 246 last year, 242 this year against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't know, maybe you don't play the read option real well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, um, man, you know, again, every team's got to fight through something. And But this is a big battle with Sean. 
And I think it goes to show you, and you and I talked about this the last time I was on, that man number nine covered up a lot of ills no on doubt. your football team. And, and I think it, it shows up. A lot of times people don't want to believe one guy can have that big an effect on a football team, and yet you see it uh, when he's not there anymore. And I think you're seeing what Drew meant to this football team in so many different ways, not just his play on the field, but how he could come up with something that would aid a game plan to get you a path to victory. That sometimes is really difficult. And, you know, listen, uh, it is true. A lot of males don't want to believe that someone else is better than them. You know, that everybody's the same. And that's not, not the case. And I think you're seeing it now, too, that even though I always thought this would be a rocky road this year, it would be it's the adjustment year. And it would probably end up being a nine and eight season. And that, uh, when when Jeff Duncan came to me about, it, I said, you know, hey, listen, culture and coaching will get you so far, but you're going to ride the roller coaster. And and I really think it it's showing up more and more that that part of the adjustment year without Breeze and no one at that point felt you would have this many injuries to keep people like a Michael Thomas, like Kamara, like a Will Lutz. Uh, and you can kind of go on and on from there that it, it's showing up, that this is the adjustment year and the future quarterback of the Saints is not on the roster. There's no question about it. That's, that's true. Um, I don't think anyone believes that, that the future quarterback of this team is on on this roster, but that leads me into, to me, the elephant in the room. And I think just the weirdest situation right now, You look, I, I understand Trevor Simeon is a third-string quarterback play, having to start and doing what he's having to do. But what I don't get is if if we didn't even, if the Saints didn't even have Ian Book dressed out last week, it says to me that Taysom Hill was ready to play. And now he's a, a potential $95 million man that spent last Sunday on the bench, and I don't get it, and I want you to help me understand it a little bit. I, I, <clears throat> that one puzzles me why Ian Book was not active uh, because you knew Trevor you know, has, has limitations as a starter. You knew with Taysom, he's not only just coming off the concussion issue, he has the foot injury. Right. <laughs> he was going to play in an emergency situation, uh, but you're not using him any other way. You, you had to activate Ian Book at that point. He, he's got to be active. So, you know, the, that contract is sort of a little bit of fluff. It's really a four-year, $40 million deal. Which is still a whole lot of money. It's, it's a lot of money. But, you know, one thing I will say about Taysom, he is a – now, I don't want him as a starting quarterback on my team. Right. Uh, now, eventually, the Saints may have to play him at that position – to maximize whatever you've got on offense. But um, he's a unique player. You cannot compare him to anybody in the NFL. No one can play as that power-running quarterback, uh, as a slot receiver, at running back, as a flex tight end, on special teams. There is no other player in the NFL like that. How do you set that market? You know, so – and I always – believe you know coaches have favorites no no matter how you cut that and it is obvious 
Uh, Taysom <clears throat> is a favorite of, of Sean Payton's because he's sort of the adventure uh, for him, that, that he has come up with this uh, idea that Taysom can play this role. And he does have a defined role on this team as a utility player. But we've seen enough to know he's not consistent enough as a passer to be a full-time quarterback in the NFL. It, we just we see it in practice. He's hot, he's cold, he's hot, he's cold. Uh, you go to some of these practices, and I'm not trying to compare him to Drew, but you know, Drew threw 20 passes. Uh, 18 were complete. You had a drop, and he missed fire once. Right. You would taste him, and, and Winston was similar, too. Uh, if he threw 20 passes, uh, 10 to 11 were completions, probably eight, you know, were right. incomplete, right. and one was an interception. So, man, it's a totally different world. But I, I, I get the financial crunch you were in at this stage, and not being able to make some moves that you probably should have or could have made. And you you sort of dealt with the cards that you got in your hand now. And so the $10 million a year, that doesn't bother me. Uh, because I think, again, he's, he's worth that if he helps you win games. And he can touch the football five to six times a game. Uh, in, in a certain role and, and certainly be a major player on special teams. Uh, you know, the, the 95 million, that's just fluff. He'll never get that money. Right, right. And, and really, the contract comes down to the signing bonus, guaranteed money of 22 and a half. That, that's really the cut because this isn't the NBA or Major League Baseball. Uh, only the guaranteed money is yours. The other money is not guaranteed to you. So, you know, in two years, you know, you've played a couple of seasons and decide to move on. Um, the guaranteed money is all is what you owe, Taysom. That, that's it. And, well, but it makes the agent look good. I, I will say that. That agent's going to say, man, look at this. What a unique contract. Yeah, no it's quite a unique player, but it's really not a unique contract. Well, I, I guess my point of the whole thing is, and I don't mind the contract so much because I know one thing. I know that it did help free up some some cap space for the immediate future, which is one of the things that they wanted to do. So I get that part of it. I don't even have a problem with Taysom making that kind of money if he contributes the way that we know that he can. I guess my point of this thing is if he, were, if he was good enough to be the second-string quarterback with no Ian Book out there, at what point do we say we can't win with this – third-string quarterback that's out there. And I get, he's he's playing with a banged-up O-line. It's not the regular O-line. We haven't seen Kamara in two weeks. I get that. But at what point do you say, look, our only chance to win this game is with Taysom Hill at quarterback? I mean, when when do you say that? And and when do you I say we, you got to send him back to the bench? I, I think he's when he's healthy. I think he will get that opportunity to get again to be a starter. The problem was he wasn't healthy Sunday, right? And that's why I didn't understand why Book was not active you know, for that game. And you might say, okay, now you got two guys that can't play, you know, right? Because you know they were going they were going to roll with Trevor no matter what. No uh, question. That that was just 
the, the situation with it. If that's the case, then you make Book the backup quarterback, right, right. and you you make Taysom inactive if, if he's that hurt. Right. So th- that was strange maneuvering uh, at that point in time. But again, why Sean is making, you know, the kind of money he's making to make those decisions. Well, there's no doubt. I and mean, look, I've said it a million times. Sean Payton, to me, is one of the top 10 or 20 coaches to ever coach this game. I mean, that the, I don't think there's a doubt he's at least in the top 20 that's ever coached this game. But sometimes he does things that just make me scratch my head a little bit. And in this case, um, you know, you got to – he was – you're right. I mean, he's going to, do you think that maybe that Ian book wasn't active because he didn't want to have to be even tempted to put him in a situation like, look, if Ian book was active and you're losing 27 to seven and a half time, I mean, you, you got to think about at least going to him in this spot because it's probably a no win situation. And then you're throwing him to the wolves. Do you think that maybe that's the reason? I, I doubt it. Um, because, you know, you you saw what happened. Uh, midway into the second quarter, I knew there was no way this team was going to come back. Uh, yeah, they gave up. You know, the Eagles gave up a couple of easy touchdowns. But even Trevor brought it up. They, man, they're playing soft zone coverage. They're playing right. off. I, I hit passes. And so you see it in games. It's, it's you know, they use that term garbage yards, I, I guess. Right. It right. can be termed something a little bit different. But basically, that's what it is. They're giving you that up. They, they just want but when they needed something, they had it. You know, when yeah. the Eagles really needed something, they, they had it in their hip pocket. And so, you know, it was an easy game for them, you know, to be honest, uh, on that particular part. The, again, the surprise for me is how poorly you played on defense because that's not what we've seen from this team for the majority of the season. And, and not every game's going to be perfect, and you're going to give up uh, some big plays in a passing game because it's built for that. Right. It's built for, for you to throw the football. And it's and it's not your daddy's NFL or your grandpa's NFL anymore. The the way the rules are structured. But man, for you to get gash for over two hundred and forty yards, that is the shocker to me. That your My, defense really I, both sides of the football, they didn't come to play. They were flat as a pancake uh Sunday. For whatever reason, you were flat against the Eagles. And the Eagles looked like a team that had gained a little bit of, I don't want to use the term momentum, but confidence in what they were doing was going to win for them. And I give Sariani a lot of credit. Uh, He had been criticized for not running the football and not blitzing much. And that's all I heard in doing shows out in Philly last week was, man, you know, I I wish they would stick with the run and they got to blitz more on defense. That's exactly what you saw Sunday. Uh, they blitzed the Saints, uh, knowing that the two tackles were out, and they ran the football, and at will. You know, it wasn't just one or two runs. They they continuously were gaining big yardage in the running game, and you hadn't seen that all season long from uh, from the Saints defense. Mike Detilia here on the Datitude Podcast. Mike, I got I to ask you about uh... – the Saints and Bills, obviously, uh, on, a, on a short week. Both teams coming on a short week. What, what scares me, if you're a Saints fan, is you had trouble stopping Jalen Hurts, right? And now you get just as mobile a quarterback, and a different kind of mobile quarterback, but in Josh Allen, who can also light you up 
uh, by throwing the football. And although this team really kind of lacks a running game, they have it with Josh Allen, and he can really get things moving. Yeah, that that problem, and it, and it showed up, and it's why I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I thought their offensive line was average at best, and their running game highly questionable with Singletary. Could he carry the rushing load? And you think about in Buffalo in December, the weather gets really bad in right. early January. Can, can you run the ball when you need to and have to? And they've struggled in that category. You know, it was like 13, 15, 16, 17 rushes the last four games. And I got nothing in the running game. And you got, they got gashed. They would have, while the Saints were tops in run defense, the Bills are third. Look what happened last week with Jonathan uh, Taylor. I mean, he just went off on That's him. right. So first, first you got to stop the run. And it sounds crazy, but my thing is, if, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to make Josh, Josh Allen make every throw count downfield. Make every throw count. I'm not going to let him run around or give him up a running game. So these are two teams that have hit the pothole in the streets football-wise. And defensively, the Bills just couldn't stop the run last week. I think their secondary – is very good, led by Tredavious White. But um, I think there's a lot of unknown with Buffalo right now of how they're going to react to this. They, they are going to get Tremaine Edmonds back, uh, who is a really athletic linebacker who can run the field well, but he's never been a, a guy who's really stout against the run. And uh, so Josh is a key, but I really think the big key is saying, you're not going to run the football on me. And I'm going to force Allen to throw it. And the last couple of weeks, he has struggled when teams have said, okay, yeah, we know you're mobile, but we'll pinch the outside corners and force you to throw the football from the pocket. I want to see how accurate you're going to be. And he has struggled in that category, despite the fact he's got some really good receivers and a tight end who can catch the football. But offensively for the Saints, if I mean, obviously as we speak here on a Wednesday morning, you got Kamara and Ingram are questionable. Do you th- do you think either or both of them are going to play? Man, if you at this stage, if it's questionable, then do you live to fight another day and shelve this and say, you know what? In a week from now, we play the Cowboys. Let's go full speed with that. So yes. you know, if it's I, I, to me, I, I would take caution here and say. Yeah, I want to beat the Bills, but I want to live to fight another day because, you know, what happens if they get hurt again and they're not available for the Cowboys? That's right. Uh, I maybe be a little cautious in this football game. And so at this stage where you might get Taysom back, you might get get Armstead back, I would be real cautious with Camaro because – now, listen, he's the best football player in your team, and he's really your only offensive spark uh, that you have. Why play him if he's not healthy uh, at this stage? Why, why even do that? So I, I think you probably shelve him, and, and maybe Tony Jones Jr. becomes your bell cow at this stage against Buffalo. And how did how did Mark Ingram get get hurt is the question. I mean, he played the whole game against the Eagles. He did. 
But, you know, listen, Mark carried the football and caught the football a lot more than he's done in the last couple of years. For sure. And you get banged up. Listen, Father Time has this way of saying, hey, I'll let you play, but you won't be as good. That's right. You know, and the bang that you take in this league take a toll. And so I, I, can, I can understand that perfectly. And, you know, listen, Mark was a good pickup for this football team. Um, he's what they needed to back up Alvin. But, you know, injuries happen. And, and you're going through that cycle that this team has not seen offensively in the Sean Payton time frame where you, you had injuries before, but never to all these critical players on your football team on offense. And you were limited there to begin with, okay? Right. You were right. limited to begin with. Well, it, it, what do you what do you see? I mean, it's going to be hard oh, to. I work. think Buffalo this game. Uh, you know, if you're asking for a pick, um, it, it, that's that's not real difficult for me. Buffalo would have to help you uh, for you to win this game, and, and again, they have struggled too. And so it's not like all of a sudden you facing this juggernaut like they were in October when their defense was really playing well. They had a running game going, and Josh was hot. And he was hot throwing the football. He has cooled off. And, again, it's part of the new NFL that there's a lot more of the same than there is you that much better than the other team. So I think this game is close. I think the Saints can keep it close. But I think the Bills end up winning it. And I think you saved – most of those top players for the following week when you play Dallas, an NFC team, <coughs> an understanding that you play Tampa, Atlanta, and Carolina down the stretch. That's right. How, how do you stop from getting yourself in a huge hole like this team has got themselves in the past three weeks? Um, to me, you know, you almost find a way, a miracle way to beat Atlanta. Um, and then the next two games, you're really just not in it. I mean, again, they find ways to, to get it in, in it in garbage time. But I just how do you not start so poorly that you you just find a hole you can't climb out of? You know, that's been the MO of this team. And it hadn't been that way in the past of you starting games slowly and not scoring. And so you're putting your defense behind the eight ball in that spot. Now, I don't know that, Jim, you're going to fix that. Not not this late right. in the season. You're not that the Superman's not coming out of the, the phone booth to, to fix your problems. But I think a lot differently than a year ago when you had major cap issues and you had to make some tough choices that this year's offseason is going to be centered around getting you a veteran quarterback that can be your number one guy and aiding your wide receiver unit. Because you, where I think Sean, if you put him on the lie detector machine and he would tell you the truth, the last three years, which has been as thick, uh, wide receivers coming out of the draft, as you could imagine, uh, you know, you spent a seventh-round pick on a receiver. You sort of passed in those areas. And I, I think that going back and look at it, I think he would probably say that was that was the mistake, that we, we should have 
had a lot more, we should have had more investment um, in a thick wide receiver crop the last three years, and we didn't we didn't go that route. Right. So you said like a Russell Wilson. I mean, maybe even shoot for the for the moon, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, these are quarterbacks. Well, if I'm Green Bay, I'm I'm not dealing him to no NFC team. I'm dealing right. him out. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is a little bit more attainable at this stage. And um, I think Carr. Yes. With the, would be a great is, is another player that is putting up nice numbers and I think would be a really good fit in this system. And he wouldn't cost you nearly as much uh, to bring in as, say, a Rodgers or a Wilson and maybe go that route. But they're not going to draft a quarterback. I really believe that they will go after a veteran quarterback and to bring in, to fit into this system, and to work with Sean because you can get impatient with a young quarterback. Now, I think coming out of college today, the big difference from when I started scouting till today is the development of quarterbacks and receivers are so much better. You know, that receiver he's played – I can't tell you how many seven-on-sevens. You know, they are more refined group. They're working with receivers in the offseason. Same thing with the quarterbacks. You're getting a better version of them, and they're able to play quicker. And the one thing the NFL has done is they've adopted some college concepts in their game. Years ago, Jim, they'd have never done it. Never done this RPO stuff. Never done it. Now, today, with some younger coaches in the league, uh, they've adopted that. And I think that that is still in play, but I just have a feeling they're going to try to make a play for Russell Wilson or, or for Carr out in Las Vegas. I could see both, both, either of those. And I still say before Sean Payton leaves football, he's going to turn Ian Book into an NFL quarterback, I think. Before the time, before, before his time. He drafted him not to be a backup. But are That's you right. going to hand the key over to the car? Not right now. I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to go after that veteran quarterback in, in the offseason and a guy that uh, has got some skins on the wall. Um, and that I'm has, saying you give, has, you, give Ian, you give Ian Book three or four years to learn under a Peyton, and especially if you bring a Russell Wilson or even a Derek Carr into this team. And I, I, I just see, and I know this, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that I see a whole lot of Drew Brees in Ian Book. They're, the same, they're similar in stature. They're both winners. They're both guys that know where to go with the football. I, I really think that at some point in the next three to four years, you're going to see him starting in the NFL. I, and I think Sean envisions that too. But short term, I gotta win. No, I, I'm right. not getting to develop anybody. Right, uh, right. You're not gonna spend your last few years coaching. Right. <clears throat> Jim, think about it. Um, and how people kind of were in an uproar to a certain extent. George Allen, he leaves the Rams, and he was always a coach that loved veteran players. He goes to Washington, and you know his comment is, "The future is now." I'm bringing in veteran players to help me win today. Billy Kilmer. And 
and, and, a, and a host of other guys. He traded every, almost every pick he could for a veteran player. And how not – I can't say it's 100% like Allen, but that philosophy is more in place today than it was back in 1971. Yeah. yeah. And, and much more in play today. Now, you didn't have free agency uh, back then. But I think coaches now, with the amount of money being spent, and I think we live in a society, too, where, man, it's microwave. I want to win now. Don't, don't tell me about two years from now or three years from now. I want to win today. You're somehow, some way forced to do things that maybe years ago you wouldn't have. And I think that is to kind of all trips in <clears throat> on a player. And we saw the Rams do it with I was going to say, who's doing it more, more than that than one of George Allen's former teams, the, the Rams? And not just Stafford, and they the now Von Miller and, and you know, and and last year it was Tampa. Okay, uh, they they get Brady, they trade for Gronk, they go get Antonio Brown, they sign Leonard Fournette. Right. Uh, you know, so they had that same philosophy that hey, listen, Brady's not going to be here forever. Let's win and let's do what we have to do to win it now. Now it's sort of was a rocky beginning, but boy, once they caught a fire, <laughs> they were tough down the stretch of the season. And I, I sort of believe that may happen again with the Bucks. I think they got to almost be pressed a little bit for them to play their best. And I think that as the season goes along, the Bucks are going to be a tough out, a really tough out. By the way, uh, when does Tom Brady's contract end? Didn't they sign a two-year deal? Yeah, but I think with Tom and uh, actually his personal photographer. Actually, it goes is the guy 2022, so. Yeah, yeah, is, is actually from Dulac, Louisiana. You would figure that they always got a Cajun somewhere. They in the really country. do. <laughs> and he, uh, he was actually uh, Giselle, um, personal photographer, but, you know, he, he he's around the family. And he told me this offseason, I would not be surprised that he plays a couple more years. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, meaning, could you see him? two more after this one. Could you see him in black and gold at some point? I know he wanted to come here before he signed that contract. No, uh, I, think he, I think he ends it with the Bucs. Uh, man, right. they, they love the, the warm weather of, of Florida. Uh, um, they laugh about, do you want me to bring the winter clothes? And it's like winter clothes for what? Exactly. There's no winter here. And so, uh, but I, I I can see Brady co- uh, playing another couple seasons in the NFL. He still loves the game. He has not been physically wrecked like you see a lot of quarterbacks once they get into their 40s. We saw it with Drew. He, you know, physically just couldn't do the same things. You watch Brady today. He sort of looks like the Brady when he was younger. You know, he, he's you know he never was mobile to begin with, no. but he had a way of sidestepping and, and making the throw downfield. So I could see him uh, actually play another couple of years in the NFL, and I think he plays in Tampa. I don't know if Bruce Arians will always be the coach there. He's inching up on seventy. Years. Yeah, he's inching up on seventy. And and Bruce, you know. Um, he is really one of the characters in the NFL. Uh, and he was here with the Saints and 
I'll never forget Rick Venturi tells me the story that, you know, he becomes the interim head coach when they fired Jim Moore. And he said, you know, I, you know, he said, I didn't know anything about offense. So I gave the offense over to Bruce. And he said, you know, first practice, he's running tight end reverses, uh, wide receivers throwing the football. And I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. he's like, Rick, what difference does it make? We all going to get fired <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's have some fun with uh, but um, I think that there's some things there in Tampa that was built in with with Todd Bowles uh, and also Byron Leftwich that they they one of those two will be the eventual There's no questions. There's no doubt about it. those two guys are excellent coaches. I mean, and and no offense to Bruce Arians, but without those two guys, I'm not so sure the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl last year. I mean, those two guys to me are just. They've got to get – they both have to get head coaching jobs within the next few years somewhere. Cause, and, and we know Todd Bowles had a chance already. But, I mean, I, those two guys are certainly NFL head coaches. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And so you have a, a roster that's really good, really, really talented. And they sort of play when they want to. Right. You know, they, they really no put them when, when they play. Uh, you know, man, you you in for a tough, tough, tough time. But you know, there are other times they kind of have it in a little bit lower gear, and th- they have the ability. And I can't say this about many teams in the NFL. They can flip that switch. They can flip it, and all of a sudden, and you in you in for a dogfight uh, in that particular deal. And we saw the competitiveness of Brady Monday night. Okay, they're winning thirty to ten. It's late in the game, right. and Arians pulled him yeah, he to put happen. in Blaine Gabbert. Man, you could have swore somebody stole his last nickel. <laughs> you know, he, uh, he was he wants hot to, as a Yeah, he wants to play into the final snap. He's always been like that. And and so you, you that man, that competitive fire, you know, I think guys of a certain age, maybe years ago, they wouldn't have put up much of a stink about it. But uh, you saw with Brady, he didn't like it at all. Uh, and you know, and you're taking a chance, him maybe getting hurt or whatever, uh, late in the game. But uh, this is as wide open an NFL as I've ever seen it. And the mercurial run of the Saints shouldn't be a shock to anyone, right? It really shouldn't because I mean, we spoke about it in the offseason and into the training camp period, and even early in the season when they got hot, man, I had so many people, oh, you want to change your, your record now? Oh, they're going to win 12, 13 <laughs> games. I'm like, no, you know, I always think first impression is right. And now those same people, Mike, I don't know if they're going to get to 500. I was like, wait a minute, just a few weeks ago, you were telling me 12, 13 wins. Well, Jameis Winston yeah. had a lot to do with that. Yeah, and, and so – Everything that almost could have went wrong has gone wrong. And sometimes you catch a year like that, uh, you know, and, and people don't want to equate it, but, you know, sometimes in our personal lives, there are years sure. that aren't quite real good for you. And, and there are losses maybe personally that you take and, and things of that nature. But, um, you know, football is, is a part – Similar, you, you know, you're going to have ups and downs to it. And I think we got spalled rotten because yeah. of, you know, 12 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins, 12 wins. And all of a sudden, oh, well, this is going to be easy. We're going to do it again. And 
come to a realization that that train has went another direction. Okay, you're not playing with the same football team, and it's going to be a different dynamic. And Sean, and I do give him credit early on, was coming up with ways to win that was not what it was when Drew was in his prime. Uh, they, were, they were outscoring people, and they were scoring a ton of points. Now they were winning with defense and special teams. Right. Other than the kicking situation, is an absolute mess. Um, and, and it's still that way at, at place kicker. So, you, you know, now your strengths have, have kind of gotten away from you a little bit. And you knew you were going to struggle on offense. You knew that, especially once Thomas – Injury became season-ending. You said, oh, this is really going to be tough. Because you thought maybe, okay, maybe mid-season he'll be back. We'll be able to piece something together uh, offensively in the passing game. But when you can't stretch the field, uh, then you you got issues and you can't move the chains. You're getting off the field. It's one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. Uh, The one good area has been, man, Blake Gillikin's been unbelievable as a punter. Man, he, he's just been terrific in that category. And, and also we've seen the development of, of Marcus Davenport uh, like we've not seen before. Uh, and he has stayed relatively healthy. But, man, uh, he is some power pack player at defensive end. And um, we were talking about this the other night on Sports Talk that I, as much as Trey Hendrickson got in free agency, Marcus Davenport will get that and more from either the Saints or someone else. He's, he's that good. Now, again, the question mark will always be long-term health with Marcus, but when he's healthy, he's a man out on that field. There's no question. I mean, the, the, you're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber type player uh, for sure. Um, Mike Detoyer here on the Datitude Podcast. Before I let you go, Mike, I do want to just touch on Dallas, your coach, and search. You talked about Coach O, but um, who's your leader in the in the clubhouse right now on who's going to be coaching this team after uh, this weekend's game? Chip, I've been involved in um, search committees thirteen times, um, ten different schools. I'm not involved in this. Let me get that straight because I've been asked. No, I'm not involved. Um, but I do know who the AD is, and, and he is, his MO has always been, I'm going to try to get the biggest fish they have in the pond. And he pulled that out with Kim Mulkey. Uh, when he was at A&M, his ability to go get Jimbo Fisher from Florida State. Uh, the baseball search here took some twists and turns. Because I think initially you put him on the lie detector machine. They really wanted the Florida coach. And couldn't get him. And then he, he brings in the former Oregon State coach, okay, who had retired. That was some public relations issues there uh, in, in dealing with a pitcher who had some off-the-field issues that were um, severe. And so, but he, I think he got the right guy at the end. I think Jay Johnson's going to be a really good baseball at LSU, really good. Um, so I think the search started with candidate 1A, 1B, 1C, and it was all the same guy. That was Jimbo Fisher. I think because of their past relationship, Jimbo was his guy. And Mark 
Scott has always told me, I want that coach to tell me no. Well, Jimbo came about as close as you could. Now, Jimbo, you got to understand. His version of no uh, is a little bit different than most. I'd be dumb to take that to leave here. (laughs) Dumb to take that job. Let me me explain to you. I'd be dumb to take that job. Um, um, But so I think Jimbo was number one, and I think Lincoln Riley is now the the target. I I think that they are going to go all out for for Lincoln. Now the big question mark is, can you land Lincoln, um, who's been a highly successful coach? And why I've, I've always felt, personally, he would have been the guy that I wanted off the bat, number one. His development of quarterbacks in the pitch and catch game have been outstanding at Oklahoma. When you think of Baker Mayfield, Colin Murray, who was going to play pro baseball, and he turns yeah. him into the first pick. In the, uh, you Jalen think about Hurts. Jalen Hurts didn't throw the football that well at Alabama. He comes to Oklahoma, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Rapp had a really good season a year ago, and he's trailed off, and some of that is Spencer's fault. And, you know, he's winning with a, a, a true freshman quarterback in Caleb Williams. i never forget Coach O telling me, hey, I'm going to tell you something. If Caleb Williams gets in the game, Spencer Rattler never see the field again. <laughs> and I think he was pretty close to being right because he almost went out with you. Um, that ability to find and develop quarterbacks in a passing game, I think is critical because of where you're at. In the last five years, Louisiana has produced 68 Division I wide receivers. That number is staggering uh, that this little state in five years, 68 Division one receivers. Next year, you'll probably have six quarterbacks signed Division one uh, scholarships at quarterback. Because now the quarterbacks are catching up. Uh, now it's a pitch and catch game in Louisiana. And in years past, that really wasn't the case. It was much more run oriented. Uh, I think he would be the right fit. And also to his ability to see recognize and bring in really good offensive line. Look at those Oklahoma offensive lines. For sure. For sure. They've been really good. And I think that if you look at Coach O, nobody recruits like he – I mean, he's 24-7 with it, recruiting. But they didn't hit on on a lot of those linemen, offensive linemen. They didn't hit. Uh, so he fits the mold of he's the quarterback whisperer in a state with a ton of receivers and defensive backs. He has shown he can go out and get the big linemen and bring in coaches that can develop them. Perfect. And he's young. He's yeah. still a young coach. He's a guy who's <clears throat> come here and be here for a long time. Now, people say, oh, well, his defense isn't good. Okay, I, I, and that's true. But name me a team in the, in the Big 12 that's got a really good defense from year to year. Every once in a while, you catch one, and Aranda's doing a good job at Baylor right. this year defensively. But still, uh, man, if you look at it this way, when you see those five-star recruits, every year probably Louisiana has two to three. Oklahoma might have one, the state of Oklahoma. If you look at four-star players, 
uh, you know, Oklahoma may have four, possibly a fifth, but it's more like four. It averages two. Louisiana's probably 10, maybe 11. Easy. Man, my pool is much bigger. I got, and I'm going to have to coach in this conference anyway. That's right. If they make it right, it's maybe where I would make that jump. So I think they're going to go all out to try to get Lincoln. Now, again, does he accept? Because, listen, I've been in searches where a coach through his agent will say, I'm interested. I'm very interested. And then when it gets down to the final make a decision, um, I've decided I'm going to stay. So you never really know about it. But I've always felt that big three from the start was Jimbo, Lincoln Riley, and Mel Tucker because I think William Tate, the president of LSU, really pushed hard for Tucker and saw him have that success at Michigan State. Now, that, listen, they, they, they got the tar beat out of them. I mean, it was really bad against Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State could have put up 80 points on yeah. them, uh, but they really got two kicked out of them. Um, but, but man, now we know done, he's not going anywhere because he signs the contract. So we no, know he, he's a million dollar deal. So he gets paid, like like Abraham said, Mike, he got paid. Okay, and that's true. He, he got paid in that spot. So if you look at it, you're one guy and you're three guy. Tucker's getting paid at Michigan State, and, and he's had a season that, you know, when it started, most people thought he might win five, possibly six. Right. You know, he's up to nothing right now. And on the flip side, you know, Jimbo's almost, I'm staying. I said almost, almost. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's not over yet. It's not 0%. Uh, listen, I would, you know, if he told me today was Wednesday, I would get that calendar because I've been around him enough to know, uh, you know, that it's not a definitive yes and a definitive no with Jimbo. So I think it really centers on Lincoln Riley. The, and how far this will go. And I think over the weekend or early next week, you're going to find out uh, just how this search goes with him and uh, does he decide to make that move. And it would be a Scott Woodward-type catch of right. the big fish. And, and I've had somebody that's on the board of supervisors make the comment to me, listen, when you hire a personal chef – and his reputation is to being able to whip up a great meal. Uh, nothing wrong with microwave food, <laughs> but I didn't hire you, but I hired you to be the personal chef. And so uh, you can equate that to football. I, I, I think right now, Jim, to be honest with you, I think the ball is in Lincoln Riley's court. It, it's up to him. If he says yes, uh, it would fit what Scott has done in the past. It would fit this state for the talent. He would bring you that opportunity to land the top quarterbacks and receivers in this state. And his reputation has been really good in getting offensive linemen and having an offensive line coach that can develop them. Man, and every year, you know, they're sending two to three guys into the NFL in early-round picks of offensive linemen. It's not like they got a ton of those guys in Oklahoma. Right. So well, I think it's in, in Riley's court uh, to see if he wants it or not. 
it, obviously Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State this weekend. If they were to win, they would play in the Big 12 championship game. So it, if, if they do that, it's, it might not be something you don't find out until after. Uh, and timing is another thing. Um, when I first got into this, it was 2010, I got asked. Man, and I've done a lot of things in my life, but that one I hadn't been involved with a coaching search. So I had a friend of mine said, uh, give Sam Jankovic a call. And uh, Sam was the athletic director at Miami of Florida. He walks in, Schnellenberger's trying to build a team at Miami. But Schnellenberger leaves to go to the USFL on a team that never materialized. And he hires Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, Butch Davis. And then he goes to the NFL with the Patriots, which I told him he was a a And He said, yeah, he really was. But he said, I was looking to do something else. And he said, you would not believe when once Schnellenberger left, my top two choices told me no. I'm not going to Miami. Really? So he said he came down to a 3A, 3B. The 3A was Tom Olivadotti, who was at that time the defensive coordinator uh, with Miami. And the 3B was uh, the head coach at Oklahoma State, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, that's right. And he said, man, listen, I took a lot of heat, alumni, major people with checks that could cut to the school, the president. They all wanted Olivadotti. And he said, the more I talked to Jimmy, the more I wanted him. And he said he had one negative. He had no ties to Miami, none. He's a Texas guy who went to Arkansas as head coach at Oklahoma State. No, no ties to, to Florida at all. So he said, for two weeks, I am in different meetings with financial people, with the president. I could not get them to give me the okay to hire Jimmy. He said, finally, the president said, okay. Go ahead and do it. He said, for two weeks, all I read in the paper was that this was a big smoke screen. This, right. I was throwing people off. He said, smoke screen my ass. <laughs> he said, that goes to show you what, he said, but his one thing was, that goes to show you what people don't know about a coaching search. And this is 2010 now. He said, first things first, you got to always do. He said, you always got to look for the right fit. Do your own homework. And he said, stay away from people who are on these computer chat. He called them computer chatters. Today uh-huh. would be people on the internet, on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. He said, stay away. And they said, 99.9% of those guys don't know anything about it. He said, you have knowledge of it. Use that into it. But he always talked about fit. He always talked about that guy being the right person for the job for it. And he said, at the end of the day, don't worry about longevity. Because he said, I think about those days in Miami. We didn't have for Jimmy a long time. We didn't have for Dennis a long time. We didn't have Butch for a long time. But we won. And he said, you know, I would always tell the president of Miami, if I made such bad decisions, how come all these other schools and NFL teams are looking at our coach? Exactly. And he said, hey, Dennis Erickson's hire, which he said was as every bit as controversial as Jimmy. He said Dennis was a Wyoming guy who was coaching at Washington State. He said, if you think Jimmy didn't have ties here, he said Erickson had <laughs> silch. Nothing even into the deal. But he said Butch was different because he had been here as an assistant. Uh, but he said, you know, there are so many twists and turns, and I think about the 13 times I've been involved and how it went, and he ended it with this. He said, 
you always have A, B, C candidate. You always have a one, two, three list. He said, the most important thing you have to do is to have GHI. And I thought he, that meant something abbreviated. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm talking about if you got A, B, C, you better have a G, an H, and an I coach <laughs> in the waiting. Because he said, you're going to have, and you know what? Out of the 13 times, we probably went GHI six of those 13 times and only got the number one guy on the list once in the 13 wow. searches. So well, if they uh, don't get Lincoln Riley, I, I agree. I think it's GHI then for sure. Then it becomes GHI. And I, Florida making that decision now almost reminds me of Texas with Tom Herman is that when Texas got rid of the coach, they knew they were going to bring in Herman. Now, apparently they forgot to tell Joe Oliva that because he thought he had Herman. That's right. Uh, and almost as though Florida sort of tipping their hand that, hey, uh, I think we got our guy, and I think that guy's Billy Napier. So Billy Napier, you think, is going to Florida? Yeah. I always thought it would be one of two things. Uh, I, I think Billy's a tremendous coach, but I think there are some people at LSU that would not accept, so to speak. You bring it in. The, the UL. The yeah, you, you can't do that. That's right. Come on. No, you got to be kidding. And, and that's almost happen. snobbish to think that way, but I think that that is the case. That either he would end up at a Florida or a Florida State or at Arizona State, because he was there as an assistant coach. And he talked a lot about Arizona State. And, you know, I grew up, man, Arizona State was a really good team. Frank Cush was there. They won a ton of games. Darrell Rogers comes in. They, they won a ton of games. Uh, and they were a force uh, back then. Uh, isn't that the way today? There is no force in the Pac-12. Oregon's pretty good, but, you know, come on. They, uh, they couldn't really compete week in, week out on that SEC schedule. Um, but I always thought Billy would end up either Florida, Florida State, or at Arizona State, and it looks as though, uh, man, I don't know what's going on at Arizona State, but they could be in some recruiting violation situation situations right. there with Hunter. And now Florida's wide open uh, for the job. Uh, I, I don't see Billy returning University of Louisiana in, in 2022. But you know what? He left it a lot better than he took it. He's been a a terrific coach there. And Dave Aranda, and I've been asked about Dave a lot, and I got to spend some time with Dave at LSU. I never heard him raise his voice at a practice, ever. You watch him in a game, never seen him upset that he's screaming. He's unconventional as a coach. But, man, he's he knows it smart. He gets it at every level. Uh, he was known as maybe not the greatest recruiter, but who you're comparing him to. I mean, right. you know, uh, I think he was always a good closer for recruits. But you know one thing he talked to me a lot about growing up in Southern California? You know, and I think about that, you know, USC job open. Right. And growing up in Southern California, you think about that, and I think he would be a good fit there uh, for Southern California. And I don't see how you can't win at USC with, man, with the population there and the amount of players in Oregon. And now you got Alabama and, and A&M and all sort of cherry-picking uh, out in California, too. 
uh, I, th I think he'd be a good fit there. But you're right. If Lincoln tells him no, then you on that GHI trip. And which, would, which would be very interesting. Which would really sort of fit the end of 2021, the, the way it's been. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I, I think Lincoln would fit all the criteria that you're looking for as a young coach, quarterback whisperer, a guy that's got a certain system that enhances the pick and catch part of the game. And also he has been very good in producing offensive linemen. And you know what? You just got to go out and hire the best defensive coach you can get. Those guys aren't going to last. I mean, just like with Aranda, you, you had a pretty good run with him because I, I didn't think he'd stay that long right. at a, before you, and he turned down a couple of jobs. Uh, but man, uh, no matter what, if you've got a good coach somewhere, they're going to come find you as an assistant to be a head coach. So, I think it's in the court now of Lincoln Riley. Well, I just don't. I, I think that if, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine Lincoln Riley is going to turn down the kind of money he would get at LSU because you think about it to me, when Oklahoma gets in the SEC, and I, I don't mean this as, as a huge slight, but I can't imagine Oklahoma being top tier SEC. I mean, I think they'll be in the upper tier, but as far as top tier goes, they're, they're not Alabama. They're not what LSU can be. They're not even Texas A&M, really. Um, and I just – I think they're going to struggle when they get in the SEC. So, if you're Lincoln Riley, Jim, did, the timing seems perfect. Jim, just think it is. If that would have happened, and, and I'm not predicting it, but if Lincoln would come to LSU, wouldn't Oklahoma turn to Josh Heupel at Tennessee? I would think so. Yeah. Like a ripple effect that, that would go across the Southeast Conference. For sure. For sure. And – done a good job at Tennessee, Excellent. really, really has. He got off to a, a slow start, <clears throat> but, man, he, he's put that offense in. He got a lot of confidence in what's going on there. Uh, they're doing pretty good in recruiting. But, man, if I'm Oklahoma, don't I go back to the guy that was once the quarterback here, once that an would, assistant here? That would be here, a great place for them to go. And then the boy, that leaves Tennessee again. In a spot where man, we got to look for a coach again, and yeah, so, ever since Phil Fulmer left, it's been rough. And so you see the ripple effects of one decision and what it could do across the college football landscape. I never believed the James Franklin stuff. I uh, always thought James was sort of playing his cards to get an extension. That's exactly what he did. I knew the Mel Tucker situation really came much more from the president. And the success certainly that uh, that Mel had at Michigan State, which I don't, no one predicted that. No one right. predicted he they were that good this year. And, but he's got a a short resume, and people always say, "Well, he hasn't done that." I said, "Well, you know, look how Randy his resume as a head coach is pretty short too." Um, so there's a lot of different factors here, and we know one thing: nothing is like Louisiana politics when it comes down to LSU head coaching searches. Everybody wants, wants. Everybody wants to say. Don't you think, Mike, they'll give him what he wants. They'll give him nine million. I think it's more than that. I think it's more than nine. It's a lot of money. It's more than that. I think it's double-digit million. But how do you turn that down if they offer? If you're that if you're that if you're a young coach and 
I mean, I, I think LSU is a step up. I mean, he may, some people may not, but I think LSU is a step up from Oklahoma. How do you turn that down? Yeah, and, and knowing that you're going to be in that conference and knowing most of your recruiting is being done in Texas. And, uh, man, you, to see these facilities, Jim, are unbelievable. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, what LSU built for $27 million, and then you see what A&M's building and what Florida's building, and it's like, whoa, no where question. are you getting all this money? Don't, don't come car, cry poverty that, oh, well, you know, we don't have no money. But we live in a little different world where people who have money and get to a certain age, and and I went through it too, sort of with my family that, you know, my, you know, Kind of, my mom was like, "Ah, oh, when I pass away, y'all can do what y'all want with mom with the money." You know, I think there are people with the mindset of, "You know what? I'm going to give it, and and I'll get to see it. I, I get to see what my money well, I was given to, to a school that you know they they went to, and and to see that while you're still alive." And uh, there's good and bad in giving young people money, uh, really young people. And I have some friends of mine that passed away suddenly and, and gave money to grandkids. That I'm like, okay, you talk about what is a 19 year old going to do with 25 and 30 million bucks? I could have been 19, 20 million at 19, 20 for me. Uh, man, it'd have been unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and and you get all of a sudden a lot of friends around you. Exactly. You become real popular. But we, I think, Jim, we are living in that world that I think people of a certain age or people who become wealthy quickly uh, and give it away, they kind of want to see the fruits of their labor. For sure. And I think you're seeing it across college football uh, in that manner. So when I give you that $30 million or that $25 million, I want something back in return. I want to say. I want a little bit of a say. So now in this state, which got 40 million people, so to speak, and I know I'm exaggerating that, everybody, you know, wants a say on who's the head coach or anything else. You know, so now you got people who can cut you a check of that magnitude. They want to say, man, Scott Woodward, oh, he's, he's just here short term. I live here and I'm staying here. Right. You know, so everybody got that feeling. So we all know the politics in this state. We know it well. Well, Mike, it's going to be an interesting journey to see. And it's going to it's it's not going to be long. I think we'll know within the next uh, few weeks for sure. And but I well, want to tell you. Go ahead. I think within a week, you will know, because if it's not quick, if it's not done, say, on a Monday morning, um, then you know it's somebody that's in the playoffs. Right. But, you know, if, if Oklahoma loses, then I think there's an all-out blitz early next week. I, I agree. To say, Lincoln, tell me. And don't beat around the bush, yes or no. Um, like Granny used to say in the hillbillies, uh, is you for it or against it? <laughs> yeah, just tell me. Just tell me. Uh, I think I think you're 100 percent right, and uh, we'll. we'll I, it won't be long. I I know that, and I agree. If Oklahoma loses, I think we'll, we might know as soon as uh, the middle of next week. 
But uh, yeah. Mike, look, I want to thank you so much for spending so much time with us. And uh, I, I can't wait to have a, a, in the, in the middle of a, in the middle of the off season, we're going to have this. I love the history talk and we're, we're going to like go back in time in the off season and uh, maybe in March or April and just, just have a little chat about the old times. Yeah, man, listen, I'm all for it. Uh, um, you know, I, I enjoy it now. Now I'm getting at an age where they bring you in as the historian. Right. Um, uh, and I tell people, man, I didn't think I lived long enough to, to have that moniker. But, yeah, <laughs> but that's all good with me. Well, thanks again, Mike, and we, we will talk to you soon. Uh, Mike Dettelier here on the Datitude Podcast. Who better to have this time of year? You know, who knows football around Louisiana better than Mike Dettelier? Nobody. Nobody does. Even my friend Jeff Duncan. Just outstanding insight, um, not only on the Saints, obviously on the LSU coaching search. And as he said, he's been a part of many a coaching search. So um, he knows what he's talking about. And I agree with him. I think Lincoln Riley is obviously at the top of the list. So, and I don't think it'll be long before we find out. So if you're, for LSU fans out there, you're probably pulling for Oklahoma State this week. I think that uh, if Oklahoma loses, they're going to be on the phone on Saturday night talking it up. And I think he's right. I think if, if, if Oklahoma loses and you don't hear anything about the LSU coaching search by Monday, it's not a good sign, or certainly by Tuesday. Because they're not going to waste any time. It's going to be yes or no, let's go, here's what we're giving you. Mike says double digits per year. 10, 11 million a year. Wow. I guess that's where we are these days. The Dollar Tree can go up to a dollar twenty-five uh, for uh for their items now. I don't did you hear that? Not that I'm gonna get off a subject very much, but did you hear about that? A dollar twenty-five now at the Dollar Tree. That's starting in April. For us cheapskates, that's uh that's gonna be interesting, man. Whew. Can't even afford to fill up my tank anymore. Well, let's get to Conductor Dave because uh, we are giving him the rest of the week off and we wanted to talk to him for sure. And we certainly wanted to do our NFL picks before the Saints play. And that's on Thursday, obviously. Um, and we'll talk about what we think. And we know where he stands on the Taysom choo-choo train. So let's hear what Conductor Dave has to think. And... Let's hear what we think about the Saints and Bills tomorrow night. All aboard! All aboard the Taysom train! Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train! That's an expensive train now. <laughs> Come on, ride a train and ride it toot toot. Oh my God, I'm so happy, Jim Terry. Best day ever. <laughs> uh, the $95 million train that we are riding and we don't I, even it, get to well, see him play. It, of course, it could be $40 million. You never know. We just could split be, the difference. Just okay. depends. According to uh, Mike Dettelier just a few minutes ago, it could be $22.5 million. So who knows? But it's oh a train. Lord. We need to see the damn train before we know anything because we haven't seen it. So where's know, the damn man. train? 
Why is it stuck in park? <laughs> it's it's because they're still waiting to find that player for giving my Tay-Tay a concussion, man. Uh, conductor Dave DeCorbier, D-squared here on the Datitude podcast on this Wednesday now afternoon. But, um, yeah. you, know, you know, let's uh, – uh, I'm so frustrated right now. Anyway, let's 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 get to the picks. Look, I've been a uh, ever since that really bad one and five week I had in week eight. I have upped it a little bit. I have uh, I was three and three the last three weeks in a row. But unfortunately for you, you've had two bad weeks in a row. Three bad weeks. No, huh? Two and four, three weeks in a row. I'm now twenty seven and twenty seven for the season. You are twenty nine and twenty five. Still beat me by a couple games. Let's. What Ouch. do you say we we both uh, get on the winning train, the come on rotted winning choo choo train this week? Just as long as the final score is me kicking your ass, let's do it. Ain't happening. Gosh darn it. Let's start <laughs> off with. Uh, we've got two Thursday games on this list. One uh, we're gonna save the third. We got the Thursday games bookending our Sunday picks. The first one, the Las Vegas Raiders and your favorite quarterback Derek Carr. Is going into your favorite team to play the Dallas Cowboys. Vegas is getting eight. Man, I, I tell you, I, I, looking at the list of games we went through, you just hate me. I, I, I know what, what it is, man. It's just not fair what you're doing to me. Uh, but all right, so the Raiders suck. They're getting eight. Uh, it's it's a it's a holiday game, and uh, the, the 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 cowgirls got their asses beat uh, against KC. Uh, I mean, the Raiders always lose, so no big shock there. Um, and all right, here this is the toughest one. I, I, I like, like the color scheme. We're going to have black and blue this weekend, you know, or, or tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Uh, black but and blue, yeah. I, I, I hate you for this, but I, I completely forgot about this going back a couple of years, man. The, the, the Cowgirls have uh, James Vanderbeek on their team. I totally forgot Vanderbeek. about James Vanderbeek. I think about so, him every time I see him. <laughs> All right, I am picking Dallas to win uh, simply because they, they got their asses handed to him now with Amari Cooper out, uh, potentially C.D. Lamb out. The, that could be a problem. Uh, but Vegas is trash, so I, I, I got to pick, pick the Cowgirls to win. All right, even though I think Vegas is trash, I agree. Um, that is a lot of points to lay. Um I'm not sure we know what this Dallas team is. Look, I had to pick them as my knockout pick, which scares the hell out of me. We're $20,000 knockout pool started with 540 entries down to 15, and I got one of them. So I got a 1 in 15 shot at winning 20 grand. And um, I think that's I'm a la- safe bet. I mean, just, I, don't, I, think- I don't have a choice. This is a tough week, but I, do, I think it's going to be a close game. I think they're going to make me sweat. I think they find a way to win, but I don't think they cover eight. That is a lot of points. So, uh, I, I, I think they do. I, I think they do. Uh, well, you know what? I hope you're right. I hope you win this pick. I hope I don't have to sweat. <laughs> so I'd rather lose my pick on here and not sweat than, than have to take it to the end. But I got Vegas plus eight. And again, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, moving on. We got, again, we're going to save the, the, the last Thursday game for last because it involves our New Orleans Saints. Beloved. Beloved New Orleans Saints. Beloved New Orleans. Not beloved right now, but but crap by our becrapped New Orleans Saints. Um, we got the Los Angeles Raiders, and we don't know what they are. They lost two in a row before that bye week. They are getting one point, so basically a pick em game at Green Bay and the man bun who lost last week. 
So you, you said Raiders, but I know you mean Rams. It's oh, did that, I? The I meant whole, Raiders. Yeah, the sure, musical Raiders. city stuff with the Rams, the Raiders, and the Chargers. It's all, all like the same crap. LA. Yeah. I hate L.A., I know. Um, this is a tough one, dude. All right, I mean, Green Bay lost that squeaker against Minnie, uh, and the Rams have been off. Now, here, here's what it is. I'm going to pick the Rams simply because uh, it has been a long time since Stafford has had a Thanksgiving day off. He's been with the craptastic Lions his entire career, and he's finally got a Thanksgiving day off to spend with his family. I think that's going to rejuvenate Mr. Stafford, and he's going to come out and rip that man bun right off of his head. So I'm picking the Rams. That is an interesting take that I never even thought of. When's the mm-hmm. last time he had Thanksgiving off? That, that that's pretty darn yeah. good, I got to say. Um, You're welcome. You know that's what? You I know did, what? I'm with you. I think the Rams, <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily because they have Thanksgiving off, but um, I think that, uh, look, I'm obviously Green Bay wants to win, and Aaron Rodgers with his back up against the wall uh, after losing a game, you know, he wants to come back and, and prove people wrong. But mm-hmm. the Rams really, really, really need this game after all the acquisitions they've made, and now Von Miller's yes. there. And uh, right. I think the Rams are super motivated off of the bye week, you know, it's not like some teams who, if they got some big game coming up the week after their bye, you know, two weeks after their bye, they might spend part of it. The, they've spent their entire bye week thinking about Green Bay. So, yeah, this Sean is going to be a great game. I do. This I agree. Be a great game, man. I think if Sean McVay's worth his worth his weight and salt, he is going to uh, find a way to <laughs> to win this game. So, I'm with you, Rams. I think so too. Rams basically yeah. pick them. Speaking of pickums. We have your real, your real favorite team that's coming up here. I hate you, dude. The Atlanta you. Falcons are going to play Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that game is a pick em. Um The Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had to say it again because I know how much you love these teams. So I, I think what's going to happen now, here wait, is remember, uh, Josh, remember before you well, make a pick, before you make a pick, just remember that the Saints almost went to Jacksonville back in the day. So just remember that. Wait, back in which day? 1985, man. Before Tom Benson stuff. I don't in. remember that. Yeah, the Saints. Oh, John was that all was set on, to sell on the Jacksonville. I did not know that. I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't know that. Holy crap. Um, Okay, well, that doesn't factor in my equation, though. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to uh, be chasing Matt Ryan all over the field. And, uh, God, I just love it when Matt Ryan gets sacked and he just pops up and he's like, what's going on? Like, he has no idea how or why he's on a football field. Yeah. So, <laughs> not, not as great as that Aaron Rodgers meme. But uh, I'm taking Jacksonville because uh, it's two crappy teams. Uh, Jacksonville is somehow crappier. But I'm, I'm picking Jacksonville simply because I hate you and I refuse to pick the Falcons. Well, you made my point for me. Jacksonville is crappier. They've got that one big win of the season, finding a way to to shock the world and beat Buffalo. Uh, I don't think they give a rat's ass. I just don't. I, I, I really don't. It, 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 it is rivalry. It is rival, rivalry week in the, uh, the college football world. So Urban Meyer, Ohio State, is set to take on Michigan. So perhaps he's fired up accidentally, and that's why they're going to win. There you go. He'll probably be on a plane somewhere. <laughs> He'll probably be at the game and wearing a fake mustache or some crap. He's, he's going to be in the club level grabbing chicks' butts. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm not going there because I can. You can say that kind of stuff. I probably could get in trouble for it. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, so uh, with that being said, I'm taking the Falcons. I think the uh, I think Atlanta. Is, they've only scored three points since they beat the Saints, which is really hard to believe. Their O line is terrible, but you know what, Jacksonville. Other than Josh Allen, isn't very good on defense, especially in their front seven. Um, I think Atlanta. Gets, I got, they got Dan Arnold. They got Dan Arnold though too. Can we get uh, him back and get rid of? I mean, Troutman's done for the year, but still sidebar. Yeah, well, we need help too, but that's another story. We'll get to us in a minute. Uh, I am taking the Falcons here, even Boo. pick them against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Falcons aren't aren't good, but they aren't as bad as they played the last two weeks either. All right, moving on. We got. The Tennessee Titans, who beat up on some of the best teams in the NFL, somehow lose to probably either the worst or second worst team in the NFL last week, and that's the Houston Texans. Now they're going playing a team that is on fire, and that's the New England Patriots. And New England is laying seven to the Titans. Man, all right. I, I, I was looking at this. I mean, it's just like this is a tough one. Uh, you, you've got the Titans who just got embarrassed last week. So uh, they're probably looking to come back. But, I mean, this is the time of year when the Patriots do well. They always seem to come back. And now I, I, I this – oh, my God. I, I, man, all right, I'm picking the Patriots, but that plus seven is just so hard to pass up, man. But – Oh, I, I don't think the Titans have the uh, the, the offensive weapons to uh, to beat the Patriots, and so yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go. As, I'm sticking with the Patriots. Okay, well, I mean, I think uh, all the squares are on the Patriots here. It's amazing how much love they're getting, but I think the people who know where they're the, the sharps, the one who make money doing this for a living, are on Tennessee. <laughs> you Freudian slip, man. The people who know what they're doing, you're a jerk. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I'm going to take their side. I'm going to look. I think I don't understand this line at all. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Just a week and a half ago, less than a week and a half ago, it was two and a half, and now it's suddenly seven. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, Tennessee, did, at Gillette, I, I don't care. At I mean, Stadium. because everybody thinks I, I hear this by people. Oh, this is when New England plays great football. They went seven and nine last year. They're crap without they Tom Brady. I mean, there that was the first year without Tom. Okay, well, they'll do better than 7-9 and nine this year because they only have to win one more game to do that. But <laughs> they're, they're still not that great. I mean, Buffalo is still going to win that division. And, look, mm-hmm. New England is what they are. I, I, I think Tennessee wins the game straight up. I think they're a better football team. And I think they got a little punch-in-the-mouth wake-up call last week. And, uh, hey, we're not as good as we think we are. Yeah, this I- – this might be a blowout now that now that I'm listening to what you're saying. And, and look, I, I, like I'm getting off the whole Houston Oilers bandwagon. I've been on the Houston, Houston Oilers, Oilers bandwagon all, all season long. I got to get that uh, song for you. I'm going to play that the next time we have. All right, I already made my pick. I'm not going to change it. But you know what? You're more now, than I welcome you to. Right. Can I? Yeah, I'll give you a chance to pay, change it. This isn't. All right. Yeah. I, I want to go back to Tennessee. I want to, I want to get back on my Tennessee Oilers, uh, my Houston Oilers bandwagon. So yes. All right. I'm, I'm just going with Tennessee. Uh, we're both on the Oilers, Houston Oilers, yes. <laughs> you know, the Houston Oilers lost to the Houston Texans last week. That was pretty, pretty interesting. I, that, that, that was, that was karma. Yeah, we that's, never that's even thought karma. about that angle last week when we're th- uh, prognosticating. Oh and my we God. Should have put that one in there. All right. Slipped. Second to last game. In fact, our last regular game in the 10 uh, or 5 will get you 
4,626 segment. Um, Minnesota is traveling to the West Coast, fresh off a victory off of the beating the man bun. Kirk Cousins is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, and he is going to Frisco to play the equally hot San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota is getting three. Kirk Cousins threw for 341 yards and three TDs last week against zero INTs. Now, here's a, here's a funny t- tidbit for you, Jim Derry. Uh, he's got the second most, uh, uh, oh God, what is it? Oh, I forgot what it was now. Uh, second most, second most trips uh, to the bathroom during a game. Oh, uh, second uh, most. Game, ga- games with games with 300 plus yards. Uh, so okay. he's got a, uh, I thought you were going to tell me he ate the second most hot dogs on his team. (laughs) Oh, my. Dude, I I saw this thing going around Twitter that in Utah for Thanksgiving, they make cranberry pies covered in dill pickles. It is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. That's Uh, But I digress. I know, right? Uh, So... Kirk Cousins, I've been bagging on him all year, but, I mean, he has been Mr. Reliable. Uh, San Francisco, uh, when I look at these two teams, do I who do I think is better? Uh, Minnesota, even though I hate to say that. Minnesota, I begrudgingly respect the Minnesota Vikings, even though they ruined and marred my childhood. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Vikings because I, I think they stack up better. Your childhood, they ruined your adulthood a few years ago, too. I know. They've ruined a lot of things in my life. But I mean, they're, they're a good team. That's why I, well, look, and their their fans aren't buttholes either, man. Like like I we we got to uh, razz yeah, a bunch right. of them. Yeah, so you know they, they, I, it's with that look, grudging respect. The this the second greatest victory. I still think it's the greatest victory uh, in Saints history. I mean, I know we won the Super Bowl, so people call me an idiot for that. But but getting to the Super Bowl, I think, was more important than even winning the Super Bowl. And who do yeah. we beat in that game? The, the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. So. Brett Favre on his ass. Oh, my God. That was great. great we paid for it since then. But yeah. regardless, yeah. I, I agree. I think Minnesota is the better team. I think they're on a mission. I think they're a clear playoff team. Um, and really, in the long run, this game could be for a playoff spot, if you think about it. They're both 5-5. Five and five. Um, Yeah. And San Francisco has been bad at home. So when it comes to this, I think Dalvin Cook, is better than anything San Francisco has. And I think Kirk yep. Cousins is better than Jimmy G. So yep. that, that, that means Minnesota went straight up. So you're going to give me points too. I'll take the points. So we're yep. both on Minnesota there. All right. Last and maybe least <laughs> as people are, have tripped the fan up all as far as they could possibly trip the fan themselves up. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be like round three by, by 7.20 kickoff. Everybody will have already taken at least one nap and had at least three courses of Thanksgiving meals. And uh, about eight bowls of uh, cheese, Breezy Mac, um, whatever it is, because Breeze will be there. Drew Breeze on hand, although he will not be in, on, in uniform. He, the Buffalo Bills are coming into town to play the New Orleans Saints. Buffalo minus four. Five and a half. When did you think the Saints would be five and a half point favorite? In fact, it's up to six and a half in some places now. Wow. That means everybody's betting on Buffalo. All right, look, this is tough, man, because uh, like just watching the uh, the the four letter network all week, all we heard was how great Philadelphia was, and then all we heard, you know, uh, was how great uh, or how 
the Bills need to come back and that embarrassing loss. It's like nothing, nothing regarding the Saints. They don't talk about what's going on with the Saints, even though we've got a whole soap opera going on over there. Uh, this one is tough because I, I think the Saints are sort of in, in, a, in the Bills position where everything's sort of riding. Uh, the season is, is kind of sort of on the line right now, even though we've got, you know, the NFC is still up for grabs. Um, I, this this can sort of make or break a season right now. We're right at that 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 point where you know your your whole season can start going in a downward spiral. Uh, if I wasn't such a homer, I would pick the Bills, but I am a homer, so I'm picking the Saints. I do sort of feel good about this game, though, Jim. I mean, like like you know, I picked against the Saints against Tennessee, but that was because I was so mad at the Saints. Um, but. I, Maybe Taysom comes out. We see what's going on with Simeon. I mean, I'm finally on board with you that I think Trevor is trash now. So oh, you uh, finally it took you three games to realize that he. He's it did. It did. I wanted to be positive. I don't want to be downer, Derry, like you all the it's time. Not downer. I'm I mean, a realist. I saw so. I know, but I saw some things that he did well, and now he's. I've seen, you know, look, uh, it's the curse of a backup quarterback. You come out, you do well for a while, and then people begin to realize why the hell you're a backup and been riding the bench for most of your career. So, yeah, all right, I get it. Um, but, no, I mean, I'm picking the Saints, but I, I think going into this game, uh, even with all the injuries, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, if we win, it's going to be a squeaker, so I'm probably going to lose this because, I don't know, well, I guess – we're getting well, five and a half, right? So, yeah, if, you, if yeah. they lose by so three, never you mind. win. You know what? Okay, good. Then I feel I feel even better about this because I think it's going to be a field goal game. So I'm definitely picking the Saints. All, All right, I was I was nice in my NFL picks column um, when I when I picked Buffalo minus the six and a half. So I mean, I, I guess you know where I'm going with this, but uh, mm-hmm. the Saints are a train wreck with that dude at quarterback. I mean, there's no. I mean, there is no other way to put it. That dude, you joke about Derek Carr being hot garbage and Matt Ryan. What I wouldn't give for Matt Ryan to be the quarterback of this football team right now. You I mean, shut your pie hole. I'm not kidding. Up. No. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Go back. I wish Aaron Brooks was back. How old is he? Like 48, <laughs> 50? Can we sign Aaron Brooks oh back? I mean, he's got to be available. Uh, I mean, so he is in the Saints Hall of Fame. You know. I was in the Saints Look, Hall of Fame. This team, we don't know as we record this, uh, almost noon on a Wednesday. Um, we don't know what's up with Alvin Kamara. We, Mark, Mark Ingram might not play. Uh, yeah. Alvin Troutman's out for four weeks. We don't know if if Ramchek and Teron Armstead. This team, I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating. They might not score Thursday night. I mean, it might be a yeah. shutout. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's going to be ugly. And Buffalo's pissed off. And I'm pissed at myself yeah. for not sticking with my same, with my handicap last week and picking the Eagles like my handicap told me to do. And I went in Peyton we trust. Well, in Peyton, I trust that he's going to keep starting Simeon until we stop watching the damn Saints. And um, <laughs> and so I'm not picking him until that dude's gone. I mean, until his ass is back on the bench, I'm not picking the Saints again. And I'm certainly not picking him here. I think the Saints lose like 31 to 3. Oh my God! I think it's be ugly. 
So I like the under too, obviously. I see see your train of thought. I disagree with it, but I see your train of thought. I could see how it could go that way because, yeah, the Bills are going to be pissed. And we just don't have the weapons right now. we got so many injuries. So, yeah, I mean, if – if I wasn't such a homer, I would, I would, I would pick the Bills, but I can't. I'm picking the Saints. You know what? I hope you're right because I don't like throwing up turkey. I mean, it's just something about <laughs> regurgitating know, gravy dude. is bad. Well, and the next day we're going to the Renaissance Fair on Black Friday because let all the old blue-haired ladies throat punch each other on Black Friday. We're going to the Renaissance Fair, so I want to be in a good mood when I go to the Renaissance Fair, man. So Renaissance, you mean you're gonna be wearing like a Bobby Scott jersey or Archie Manning jersey back to the Renaissance? <laughs> yes, yes, that's what we're doing. Okay, we're, we're doing well, that. tell tell the fans out there about the week and geek. All right, uh, so I, I, it's a holiday weekend, so I'm probably going to run some best stuff. So if you ever missed the uh, the Bruce Campbell interview or J- George Wallace, uh, the new girl McKenna Grace from the uh, Ghostbusters movie? Holy crap, that movie was so awesome, Jim! Uh, like, like it was just total oh, fan service. If you say so. Shut up! Shut up, man! You, you're not a nerd like me, so I'll give you a, I'll give you a pass. But it was I didn't love awesome. the first one, much less a remake. Oh, well, see, that's, that's I know it's that's not a remake. It's not a remake. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's technically Ghostbusters three. So, but the girl is 15. She was adorable, and it just cracks me up because she lost her mind when I played her song on the radio. So, anybody says 15 year olds don't care or pay attention to the radio, they're dead wrong. This girl was like, oh. God, you play my song. It was freaking hysterical. <laughs> so, uh, the weekend geek Sundays at seven on News Talk 99.5 WRNO. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Twig Radio. Instagram is the Weekend Geek. I'm at producer D2 on Twitter. D League D2 on Instagram. Uh, download the podcast at your leisure. iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and click subscribe like you have already done for the Datitude podcast. Do it. Do it now. Well, next week we. We uh, will either have to record on Wednesday again uh, because the Saints play Thursday, or we'll just have to skip the Saints game. We'll have to figure that out next week. Man, a short week and then another basically regular week. They hate us. God, the NFL a messed hates up us. week. They've been doing that to Ugh. us lately. So, but anyway, well, it's always a pleasure. It's still, still, it's uh, see, it always goes back to Bounty Gate, man. They're still pissed. You always, you always lift my spirits as we go into the Saints game, and I always for dreams. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, man. Happy Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Same to you. Talk to you later. The ever-positive Conductor Dave DeCorbier, also known as D-Squared. I love our time together. I mean, I, I missed it when we – when, you know, he was – they made all those changes at the radio station, and then my career got thrown up in the air. So we've had a couple of uh, turbulent years, Dave and I. Our careers kind of go together. But anyway, uh, we just mesh so well, and I enjoy his time here uh, every week on Datitude. That is going to wrap it up for us for episode number 27. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Caesar Sportsbook, an exclusive partner with us at the Advocate Times Picayune and bet.nola.com. And a reminder, we have a link on the site on bet.nola.com where you can download the app and get a free $100 bet when it goes live. And don't forget about our shows, Odds and Ends on Mondays, Fantasy Roundup on Tuesdays, and yes, even tomorrow we will have our big at-the-book show on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, on bet.nola.com. We'll be doing it live at 4 o'clock. Zach Ewing is going to be at Harris, and then going to cover the Bill Saints game after that. So um, 
Yep, we'll be we'll be around on Thursday as well. So we're not taking any time off. And then back here on Friday to review the game, and we'll have Uncle Big Nick on. I want to thank Mike Dettelier for spending so much time with me this morning. So much time that I'm making two shows out of it. He'll be the rest of his interview will uh, come on the Monday episode of Datitude. Also, Conductor Dave, of course, with our regular weekly picks. Um, so we will have that. That's that's going to be our shows for Friday and Monday. We've told you that. It's going to be a fun time here on Datitude. We're going to take a, a small little mini break, so it's not going to be Monday won't be the live stuff that you're looking for, that you used to on Mondays because the Saints don't play on Sunday, so we don't have to do that. But we will have the, the regular Monday show will be this Friday. We're not taking any time off this week. You can come back and listen to Datitude. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening now. You can get it on bet.nola.com. Get it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and, of course, Google Play and Apple Podcast. Um, I want to say... Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Um, and for those of you regulars who have made it through either all of these episodes or a majority of them or whatever, I am very thankful to you. Um, this podcast has done uh, better than I expected at this point. I've gotten some great feedback. And really, I don't know that I've had any negative feedback. I, a couple of wise acres here and there who, you know, you got your negative Nelly's going to be negative about everything, but... It's been very, very positive, and I'm very appreciative and very thankful that, you know, I'm thankful that I'm still in this business, to be honest with you, after 31 years. Um, I'm thankful to John Georges and the people of The Advocate and Peter Kovacs who brought me back and uh, Zach Ewing, who's become a friend in just a few short months um, at bet.noah.com as the sports betting director and bringing me on as the sports betting writer and especially the advocate for even allowing me to do this podcast in the first place. It has been a lot of fun, and we are only just in the beginning. We will uh, do it again. We'll have episode number 28 for you on Friday, and we'll keep going. The Saints win or lose, we're still going to be here. So enjoy your turkey, enjoy your pumpkin pie, and give Aunt Mabel a fat kiss on the cheek for me. All right? We'll see you on Friday. Peace and love, my friends.